Welcome to Taffy Blue View, your source for all things Everton. I'm Jerry. Max and Paul are, have joined me, being the nice guys they are. Guys, international break is, is over, and thank God, because <clears throat> it's just, it, it gets worse every time. Now, to be fair, some of the, 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 the league that UEFA is doing has made things sort of interesting, you know, for the most part. Uh you know, we 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 saw Pickford uh, get like what assist, like second assist. I think it's what you call that. Yeah. When you assist and assist. Uh, he got like two of those brilliant long balls. And then the only thing people want to talk about is him farting around with the ball in the box and then making a great tackle to save a goal. That's all they want to talk about. Okay. I want to cuss. I'm not gonna. But it pisses me off, all right? It's the way the pundits and commentators just and journalists and all that view us continues to piss me off. How about just notice the good stuff for once? You know? England won, right? They won the game. They beat Spain. Right? Yeah. Quite, yeah. It, it, I, know, I know what you mean. Obviously, with this Nations League, it kind of it may, it makes a mundane international friendly have a bit of a big fight feel about it, mm. almost. Um, but in, reg- in regards to Pickford, I-, I think in part that's the kind of the- because the media's view is Everton is the club the players that are young players are at to make the mistakes at before they they press on and go to one of Europe's elite. Um, but he made the mistake for England, not for Everton, so that's fine with me. I don't I don't really care. Um, <laughs> it-, it works both ways. It works both ways. I know. Um, Gareth Southgate said after the match that oh, he should be working on his his, um, his footwork when he's back at Everton. Then, but as long as he doesn't get caught out for us, then I'm fine with that. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It, it just for me, I, I keep noticing that kind of stuff, and I just I, I'm just take it to the side, push it to the side. I don't click on it. I don't give it any attention. I don't give it any extra revenue. Forget that. I'm not even going to watch your little clip. You know, yeah. it, it takes Everton supporters to sit there and put up the little video of him launching the ball three fourths of the way down the field to to put a, to get a guy in the chest. You know what I mean? I'm sorry. Yeah. He's good. I don't care. Yeah, about he's that. So uh, for pod listeners out there, uh, we're going to start by giving you a preview to the Palace match this weekend. Um Will Zaha be fit? I don't know, but I tell you what, it totally makes me think differently about the game if he is. So that's a conversation we're going to have, talk about some of their danger men and uh, their situation. Then we'll talk about the starting 11. Who are we going to go with? Uh, who would we start if we were Silva and had beautiful hair? You know, But to these guys' credit, they're doing okay. Uh, <laughs> and uh, then we're going to talk about a uh, guy who recently uh, had a baby, Cenk Tosun, Tosun Pasha, all right? Uh, recently, it's come out, a lot of people are thinking, maybe he's not our starting striker. Maybe we need to be starting Richarlison. Uh, we're going to talk about the pros and cons of starting Tosun uh, and Richarlison and trying to figure out uh, 
what's, what's a good plan for Everton moving forward? Not that our opinion matters to Marco anymore after our falling out. Uh, so, uh, and we'll, then we'll finish with a quiz. Pod only, pod exclusive, cage match, if you know your history, Paul returns to try and topple Max from his perch. We're going to see how yeah, good... Yeah, I've got to win. <laughs> I've got to win one of these eventually, haven't I? I'm just, mm. I just want to see what Paul's going to pick for music if he wins. You know? Max is getting to the point where he's running out of songs. we got Palace at the weekend. Palace is right now 14th in the table. They're 2-1-5. They recently lost to Wolves 1-0 and lost to Bournemouth 2-1. Uh, they're not in the best patch right now, but they're, I mean, they're still not a bad squad. They've got some talent. When you look at these starters, uh, possible starters, Hennessy, Juan Bissaka, who is good, by the way, um, Tompkins, Sacco, Van Anholt, Meyer, who is another good player, uh, Milivojevic, MacArthur, Townsend, Jordan Ayew, uh, and possibly Zaha, who is, frankly, going to cost someone a lot of money at some point. Um, yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go against the grain. I'm going to start with Max, because I never start with Max. I normally oh. would start with Paul, but I feel like I've been hurting Max's feelings. So, Max... Tell me about the danger men on Palace. Who we need to be looking out for? Obviously, the big one, as you mentioned, Wilfred Zahar. He literally is. He gives Palace that if factor yeah. when they've got this really um, kind of structured approach off the ball. Because particularly against Everton, they always seem to be a team that are extremely hard to break down in terms of getting through the midfield and through the defence. They've always been known to frustrate us. Patrick Van Aanholt is a, is a player that I've been really impressed with recently over the past few months obviously in he was someone that was kind of in the in the mix in my in my mind if, if we were going to go out into the market and end up getting a left back i think obviously we've kind of done one better in terms of getting luca dean but patrick van Arholt, by all accounts kind of he fits the profile of what a standout player is at crystal palace for me as i said they've got these really physical tall strong players that provide the structure then they have players with pace really good, you know, quickness, speed that can break away from a team that's maybe frustrated uh, and, and, and slug because he has been known to get a few goals over his time. So, yeah, it's those quick players that can, can hurt us, isn't it? So, uh, Paul, when you take a look at their squad, um, who sticks out with you for you besides Zaha? Were you thinking that could be a problem for us? Um... Townsend, maybe. Townsend tends to be one of those players who will have a great game somewhere against somebody, and then he'll go missing for a while, and then he'll pop back up again and have a great game again. So when he's in the mood, he can be a player who can really hurt you. Um, who else was whom we're thinking of? I mean, he can't really hurt us, but Sacco at the backs, he's a really, really good defender when he's just coached properly and given a bit of responsibility and just gets his head down and works. He's one of the big reasons that they've stayed up the last few years. And the striker they've got, I mean, am I right in saying Benteke is not going to be fit? No, he might not be I know, not, to be avail- not be available until 2019. And mm. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. I don't, I don't laugh at the guy being here. But the guy's really, really been really awful the last few seasons, but he just always seems to get a goal against us. That's so true. For some reason. That's so true. He's just, you know, he, he just... If he was going to start, I'd bet my house that he would just pop up and he's going to get a goal from nowhere. 
So if he's definitely not playing, then that's one less thing to worry about. Especially if we're going to mess around with the defence, which we'll come around to later. So, yeah, Palace are one of those weird teams, I think, where they've kind of underachieved the last couple of years in the sense that I think when you look at their squad on paper, they should be finishing above the likes of Newcastle or Bournemouth or Watford. And didn't they finish below all of them last season? Yeah, they, they finished 11th last season. How, however, that was really impressive. Mm-hmm. Considering where uh, they were, yeah. Yeah, they, I think, didn't they lose their, their opening seven games, something it like that? It did not look but, good for them after the first yeah, half of the season. Roy, it was Roy Hodgson. Yeah, Roy Hodgson Roy. did an absolutely incredible job coming in. So full credit to him where it's deserved. Yeah, but well, my point is, when you look, especially maybe a year ago, if you'd have looked at that team, that squad on paper, you think that team should be getting mid-table comfortable. You know, no mm. one... Or saw how awful Benteke was going to be, become. If a year ago you'd have looked at him and thought, he, you know, he's good for a dozen goals a season, maybe a bit more, if he gets the service. Saha, if he keeps fit, will get ten easily. Townsend might get half a dozen or so. I just don't. I look at them and I'm, I'm still shocked that they are fighting relegation every season. For the last two or three seasons, they've had a squad, but I think they should be finishing. They should be looking to push top half, maybe. So they've got some players who are who. As we've mentioned, they're standout players where you think, yeah, someone's going to come along and poach them sooner rather than later. Saha, um, the left-back from Bronckhorst, was it? Van no, Arnold. Van Arnold. Van Arnold. Yeah, the left-back Van Arnold. Um, Sacco, I mean, for me, I think he still belongs at a European-level club. He, he's shot himself in the foot, getting himself thrown out to Liverpool. I think he, he can do better than Palace. He's gone to Palace, basically, just get his career back on track, and I don't think he'll be there too long I think he'll get a bit a move back to a big French club or something so yeah they've got some players who can hurt us or really frustrate us but I think we're on a good upswing in form um, players look like they're getting more confident and that they're really learning with every game that Silver's message and style of play is sinking in every week so I think we should be winning this comfortable but it just never seems to be comfortable for Everton does it Um, I feel like and I feel like this is not groundbreaking news here. I'm, I'm not exactly dropping truth bombs here. Uh, yeah, I feel like Palace, so Zaha goes, so Palace goes. When Zaha is out for an extended period of time, nosedive every time, okay? there's. I mean, he's a, he's a great player. Uh, he's an electric player, fun to watch, and he's been brimming with confidence. Really, I feel like going back to Palace was huge. For him um he's the man now he's no longer like in anyone's shadow he's just free to do what he needs to um and that's been great for him i actually noticed i thought that going to play for ivory coast also was good for his confidence he just he's he just going off doing his own thing free to be the guy that he wants to be you know mm-hmm. um now so that i feel like that that right there it's not it's not a it's not it, that's common knowledge, what I'm saying here. I mean, everybody knows he's he's amazing. But he might be out. Last time I checked, I saw an, uh, one website that said he's a 75% chance he might play. Um, and then I've seen it lower than that. Uh, I think that does affect some things. But, I mean, when you look at uh, Townsend, Ayu, and Zaha, that's a really quick front line. That's very quick. Um, and that's one of the things that... I mean, to be frank, our defense is not. We're not very quick. And I'm a little concerned if IU's starting in the middle. I mean, Zuma's probably our, our quickest center back right now. 
Um, but mm-hmm. if, but if he's if 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 they're trying to run at Keane, who let's be frank, his speed is not his his biggest asset, and I don't think they're going to be playing as many balls through the middle as they would would you know those those set plays trying to get them in the air the way they would have been Teke was in. It's going to be a lot of quick play. Meyer is a quick little player that they just brought in. Um, yeah. he is skilled. Uh, and he's starting yep. to kind of get in more of a flow. But they're, you mentioned Van Anholt. They're outside backs, okay? Juan Visaka is solid. Like, I think a lot of Palace fans, from what I'm reading on Twitter and everything, they value him as their second, like, game changer behind Zaha, which is interesting because he plays on an outside back. So yeah. these are things, I mean, he would be going up against Luca Dean, who is good, but again, not yeah. super fast. All right, so I'll be interested to see how they attack our flanks. Like I, that right there, I don't know. Um, anyway, they've got talent. I just think it's going to be easy, a, a much easier game if Zaha's not there. And I'm not even sure. I don't know who would plug in for him. No, neither do I. I agree with you completely. Uh, so speaking of that, Paul, prediction time. What do you think? Um, I'll go for 2-0. Two 2-0? Nil. Two nil. Two nil, yeah. I mean, we need a clean sheet. We've not kept anywhere near enough this season. And I like to think that, I mean, we'll come to this later, I like to think that the defence is settling now and we're not going to play around with it too much. And especially if Sarhar's not playing, then... They just—I don't really see them short of us doing something absolutely stupid or switching off for at the back or giving <laughs> away a penalty. I just—I just, which is likely as we know from Everton. But I just don't—I don't look at that team and think it's got an awful lot of goals in it without Saha. Personally, you said Benteke's not there. He's probably not—he's not, not going to pop up with something like he tends to do. Townsend is more missed than hit usually, isn't he? So. Saka, who you mentioned, uh, hopefully someone like Gay can keep him quiet. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm confident that we can keep these out. We should be keeping these out. And I think the goals are going in at the moment. Going forward, we look really, really good. Their defence, other than Sacco and Van, um, Van Arnold, it's it's decent. But I think with Richarlison banging form, Bernard looks <clears throat> getting fitter every game. And... Yeah, I, I think we've got more than enough series off. I, I, I'll go for a goal in each half. We'll go in 1-0 and we'll finish them off in maybe the first 15 minutes of the second half. And then I, I can see the, the last half hour not being a stroll, but kind of mm. just taking our foot off the gas a little bit. I'll go for a professional 2-0. Max, what do you got? I mean, the, fingers crossed it's that picture perfect. But the, defensively, Crystal Palace in, in the eight games so far this season, they've actually conceded less goals than Everton. They've conceded nine, whereas we've conceded 12. Mm-hmm. Um, as Paul rightly said, they're not a team that seems to be brimming with goals. Um, I don't necessarily think it's going to be a, a walk in the park. As I said, they, they've been known to frustrate us over the years when we've play, played them. Um, I'm going to stick to my guns. I said yesterday it was going to be 2-0 to the Blues, and uh, I'm sticking with it. Two no. Great. Great. Ha-ha. Great. All gone two great, nil. great. Yeah. I wrote two nil gotcha. without Zaha. Are you going to two nil palace, Jerry? Or? No. 
I'm sorry. No. <laughs> no, we're not really offering a lot of variation here for our audience. Apologies, folks. We just all, I guess, have a similar gut reaction here. Um, yeah. We don't all have the same opinions all the time, but right now, this just kind of feels like what we're, what's going to happen. Um, and I, I actually said if Zaha's there, I still think we're going to win 2-1. Um, but I just think yeah. I just think Zaha is – he changes things. I, th- I think he will put one in or he will get someone a goal if he plays. But I don't know. I feel like we look good right now. I feel like we're riding a lot of confidence right now. Um, I'll be really curious to see who's fit to play, what's switched around, and all that stuff. Uh, Paul alluded to it. We're going to go into it with our next segment in our starting 11 segment. Tease. That's me teasing you. Come back for the next segment. It'll be there. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to say anything else about it. Uh, I guess that's it for our Palace preview. Gentlemen, Palace at the weekend. Let's talk about who we think Marco is going to start. Marco, take our advice. Seriously. All right, so who wants to start? Let's see. Last time I started with Max. Let's go Let's go with Paul. Paul, what do you got? What's Marco going to do? Prep us now. Pickford and goal, standard. Um, Kenny at right back. I Coleman's, I don't think, is going to make it. It's a few, I think he's still a while off, yeah. Um, Keane and Zuma as a centre-back partnership. I don't see Mina starting in the game straight away. Um, Dean at left-back. In the middle, I think he will play Garner and Davis. I don't see Gomez coming in straight away either. Um, then in front of them, the number 10, it will be Sigurdsson. On the wings, it will be Walcott and I think Bernard. And I think he will start Richarlison up front. I, I think basically the same team that we played against Leicester. I don't see the new boys coming straight into the team. I, I put. I think Mina will be on the bench most definitely. I I don't even think Gomez will make the bench just yet. I think that being a little bit more careful with Gomez. Mm. I know we're all eager to see both of them, but Gomez has had one of those sort of what are the, the like when soft muscle injuries mm-hmm. where the kind of they can flare up again or at the slightest um, thing. So I think they want to be one hundred percent sure and certain before they'll risk Gomez. I don't think they'll throw Gomez in just yet. Maybe they'll give him another behind closed doors friendly but I do think Mina will be on the bench so Paul I didn't want to interrupt you I almost did by going like this but I, I was like no he's rolling let him go there okay. were reports from Senegal camp that Ghana is injured um, oh, right. I didn't know that he has supposedly done something to his ankle I don't know if it's just a hard tackle so I don't know if it's just contact and he's going to play through it or if he's turned his ankle. But something is up with Ghana. There's a chance. I put. I wrote down the exact same lineup as you did. I have the same lineup as you, except I've got a question mark by Ghana. Here's where I think the conversation needs to be had, okay? Um, besides the striker situation, which is, again, we're getting to that. But... If Ghana's not healthy, who starts and who do you have on the bench? And what's the combination you go with? I think Schneiderlin will start in the place of Ghana and Me on too. the bench. Um who is it who's been on the who's been like kind of 
he's in the first team, but he's not kind of in the in the picture. Um, oh, his name escapes me. Benningham. I, I don't. I still, Benningham is Benningham fit? Yeah. He's he's exactly where McCarthy and Gomez are right now in terms of they just played that behind closed doors. Behind. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I don't. I don't even think he'll risk McCarthy. Yeah, I don't think McCarthy or Gomez will be risked short of you know an, an absolute injury crisis. I would think of those three, Benningham would probably get the nod to be on the bench. I just I don't see Gomez coming in, and if he does come in, I I don't see any more than a five minute cameo. So I think it'll be just like for like if Garner's not available, we'll just put Schneiderlin in the, in there, and someone like Dow will be the first choice off the bench if we need to bring someone out on the middle. Maybe we'll drop Gilfie back and throw Dow on and give him a chance, hmm. maybe. Yeah, so if it's not Garner, I just I I think he'll put Schneiderlin there, and I would be very surprised if we see McCarthy or and or Gomez on the bench. I think Silva will play it safe at those two and give them another week or two before he's willing to risk them. Max, do you smell what he's cooking? What do you got? Of course, I do. The Rock. Um, <laughs> nah, you don't change your winning team, do you? I'm, I'm firmly of that mentality. Um, and I, I agree completely with literally everything the post just said. The the midfield dilemma. It's um, hitting hope with Gay. I hope he does start because he's he's in a vein of really good form. I think I think he's one of the standout players uh, over the last few games because you know he seems to be all over the place and making a con- contribution in terms of going forward as well because his attacking game is really improving. He just scored for uh, Senegal, I think, yeah, last week. Yeah. I, yeah. I know. I, I, did, did you see the goal at all? I didn't. Just, it was just kind of like a typical right place, right time. But the, the interesting part was, because it was a, an African stadium, it had a running track around, around the outside of it, and that run that he had to make to celebrate with the fans, it wouldn't surprise me if he'd done his ankle on there. <laughs> like He literally had to run about a mile before he could celebrate with the fans. But um, yeah, as I say, fingers crossed, fingers crossed he's a fit to start. But I'd roll with Schneidlin if, um, if, if. Of course you would, him. Max. Oh, of course I would. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it doesn't seem to be a matter of fitness or injury with Schneidlin, does it? It just seemed obviously the incident with his father, which um, you know you'd rightfully, if you mm. need to take time out for that, yeah, you know, by all means take time out. But you know, if he's cool with it and he's okay with it, you know, this is the chance for him to be reintroduced back into the side and. Hopefully he can continue the form that he showed glimpses of because, you know, in my opinion, whenever I've seen him this season, he's done fairly well. Uh, I mean, I agree with with everything. I, I'm under the impression that Coleman is not going to quite be ready yet. Um, Silva gave an interview recently where he was talking about where Mina and Gomez and McCarthy are, and he said, and I think he said Coleman will be there soon. I feel like yeah. he, those were his words, which makes me think he's not going to be ready for Saturday. So, Kenny, probably in. Go ahead, Paul. Sorry. No, just in regards to Coleman, I know he didn't come back to the club and get treated. He stayed over with the island team, didn't he? Mm. Rather than rather than come back, which just annoys me. To be honest, I, I can't stand that Irish setup and how archaic they are. But yeah, so I think Coleman's far, far, Coleman could be further ahead than what he is, but isn't for personal choices that I don't personally agree with and we'll have to just make do with it won't we? Was he training with them or was he just there to support the team? He was just there to support the team rather than come back to 
Finch Farm and start mm. his rehab. I mean, I don't know the ins and outs. Maybe there's things we don't know. But the story that seems to be coming out is that he basically decided to stay with the team and just, you know, carry the drinks and be a cheerleader rather than come back to Finch Farm and get his rehab started. Yeah. So I'm disappointed if that's the case. I think if you can't do anything for the team, is if, you, if you're not fit enough to even train, Oh, and you've got no chance at all of being in the team, then you shouldn't even be on international duty. You should just get back to your club and start your recuperation straight away. I, I disagree with that. Captain of Ireland, if he if he wants to be with the squad, I think it you know it yeah, but... completely fine for him to be with the squad. I, I just think this injury list that we've got, I don't see any of them in particular being risked, as you say, unless it's a five-minute cameo. Um, this Crystal Palace side are known to wind this up and you know, if history repeats itself as it has over these last few, the opening games of this season, we're going to take a kicking, and you don't really want to risk these players that are fresh off the injury, yeah. the injury list that they're going to, you know, be getting hacked and uh, and dragged down at every opportunity. But uh, I I do think that once they come back, we will, you know, we'll be we'll have our full arsenal then because I do definitely believe one hundred percent Coleman is our starting right back and. Who knows if Mina comes in and it's the ground run? I think it's without doubt that he'd probably be our best centre half as well. Uh, Gomez, I think, is where a few interesting questions lie, mm-hmm. and I think he'd probably be the most the one I'm most intrigued to watch. I'm curious in. about Gomez in terms of style of play because I don't think he's like a hard, tough tackling guy, despite the fact that he's got some size. Uh, I know he he does a lot of kind of guiding, bumping players off the ball, but he does he's not a Ghana like tough tackler kind of type. Uh, but he does get forward, and his his forward passing is impressive. So mm-hmm. I'll be really curious to see how he works in conjunction with Sigurdsson and in contrast to Davies to see the difference. Because I'm under the impression that Davies is much more getting in a tackle. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. They're just they're similar position, different styles. I I, I want to see how they how they function, you know, differently. Um, and I want to see McCarthy. Where does he plug in? Without going off on a tangent, he's the one who owes us the most because I, the last few years, I just I haven't had a lot of breath for McCarthy. He's picked up a lot of injuries that were preventable, not the broken leg, obviously, but a lot of other silly injuries where just him not listening to the club medical staff Mm -hmm. and going over with Ireland's, we've been over that, so if McCarthy wants to stick around, then he's got an awful lot of proving himself to do. I'm I'm sorry that he hurt his leg and he got such a horrible injury, but that shouldn't change the fact that right before he got his injury, most people were fed up with him then. Just because you get an injury doesn't mean that you should just automatically come back to goodwill. So, if McCarthy plays... Pull your finger out, son. Because if you don't pull your finger out, I'd be happy to see him shipped out in January. No, no, no. I I empathise with James McCarthy. I think you look back at the player that he was in that 2013-14 season. What a player he was, Paul. He was absolutely fantastic in that first yeah, season but... on the Martinez. No, I, I factor in his injuries, okay? And they've been diff- they've been different injuries. I mean, I know there have been you know certain areas which have been hurt more than once, like his knee and his hamstring. But it's like his groin as well, the leg break. The, I can empathise with him. It's it's just he's got tragic luck in terms of injuries, and obviously his valuation will have you know kind of rocketed the, the wrong way because I think he's missed something. Like I think it's like eighty-seven games he's missed through injury during his Everton career. That's a, that's an incredible amount of football to miss. I don't think I don't think it, it's right to tell him to pull his finger out because. He was in. He was in all right form just before that horrible injury happened against West Brom. I think he was playing 
relatively well. He was playing with, you know, like like he had a chip on his shoulder, like he had something to prove. You go back to the, like the incident where the injury actually happened. He was backtracking, intercepting the ball in the old in, in his own penalty box before the kind of to the tackle came in, which broke his leg. So, I mean, it's 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 touch and go, and we experienced it with Coleman seeing a player take his first steps back on the pitch once they're coming back from you know a double leg break like that. But I think if he if he you know goes predicated off what his best form can be, he's given another really good selection dilemma. Um. I I I gotta I'll give respect to both of you and say I also lost patience with McCarthy at one point I did. Um, however, this lug break thing for me it did something to my brain where I sort of wiped the slate clean and because it was so bad I just wanted the guy to recover for the sake of the guy, you know. Yeah, and so, yeah, I agree with that. And, and I figured you would, Paul. You know, I figured you were on board. So I'm kind of I lost patience with him too, and I was wondering when he was going to leave. I really, I thought he was going to be gone way before now. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm at this point. I actually think we can use him, give us some depth at those center mid positions. I think there's something we could do with him, um, but I think the only way he makes the bench this weekend is if Ghana is not there. Hey everybody, Jerry here again with uh, Toffee Blue View update. You know, we record these shows on Thursday, and then updates come through. Silva did a press conference earlier. Turns out that Mina and Gomez will be available to make their debut this weekend. So that's a thing. Uh, Also, uh, Gay is still a doubt for this weekend. So that's a thing, too. Um, And thinking McCarthy's probably a doubt as well. So, yeah, there's, there's the most recent injury updates. On with the show. Anything else on our starting eleven, guys? Uh, we are we have conveniently left out a portion. This, the striker yeah. situation, the center forward situation, and it's because we have a segment coming up about Jing Tosun, Tosun Pasha. We're going to talk about what he brings to the striker position, how he combines well with other players, uh, what sort of uh, defenses maybe he's more effective against. Uh, yeah. And we'll get there. So that's coming. In the meantime, I guess that is it for our starting 11 segment. Jink Tosin. Recently had a baby. Congrats. Congrats so much. That is awesome. Uh, it's, it's come at a time where there was a lot of rumors about Jink Tosin possibly wanting to leave because he's not yet yeah, it came out these there was all kinds of stories from the turkish media saying that that was going to happen uh then it came out that that was not true he's pretty settled and having a baby you know so uh, apparently you know he's going to be around for a while uh i think this coincided with the fact that richarlison got to start at center forward okay that's some people trying to stir the pot because they want they want Jink Tosin as their striker, really, um, and they want clicks. That's really what it's about. <laughs> but um, so after Richarlison played through the middle the other day, everybody is saying our best lineup has Richarlison there, Bernard on the side, mm. Walcott on the other side, and there's no Jink Tosin to be found. Okay, so let's start with Max. Max, is that is that true? 
Is that true with an asterisk sometimes against certain setups? Where do you want to go with this? I'm going to go with true with an asterisk sometimes, and I believe riding this current wave of of form, I think I think just the feel good factor that Richardson and Bernardo brought together, playing up front, it's all, it, it, it's so weird because I was thinking about this a bit more critically the other day. It's almost as if they brought this mid two thousands Brazilian flair with them, like. And it's like that enjoyment side of football. Like you enjoy watching them two play. It's such a pleasure to see Richarlison flick balls over centre um, centre half's heads and and do all this. Like and Bernard with that assist. It, it it's magic football. It, it's impressive football and it's the football that you want to see. Contrast that with Tosin at the minute. Obviously, we know not going through the greatest run of form. Only got one goal in the league so far and one assist. With that being Richarlison's brilliant goal against Wolves um, I am a huge Tosin fan I, I've said constantly he's almost like a playmaker striker he, he does best when he's got someone there else up with him but I've got to go continue with the front three of Bernard Richardson and Walcott I think it's just a, it's a really good indicator I mean I hate to, to phrase it as if he's our second choice striker because it really is dependent on the opposition but it's a good indicator that Tosin has now become our second choice striker as opposed to Nias. There's a stark difference in technical quality there that, as I say, it stands us in good stead going forward. Paul, your thoughts, and then I'll go into some more specifics. I'm still a big believer in Tosin. I want to see him back in the team, hopefully, before too long starting again. But as Max said, it, it, it depends on which, on who we're playing, what the setup's going to be. If we're going to be against a back line which has a lot of pace in it, um, then it's probably Richarlison's your best bet because he'll at least, you know, give those centre-halves, he'll drag them out of position, he'll cause problems. Tosin, he's going to fit in when we're probably going to have to break teams down when they're going to come to Goodison and just dig in and not give us a lot of space. Tosin's just going to be the guy who's going to have to create space for people around him, as um, Max has just said. But I, I really like Tosin. I don't like these stories that apparently he wants out or the club is thinking of getting rid of him. Or I, I Yeah, I, re- I don't think it's true. And I, if, it ca- if it came true uh, in any time soon, I'd be really, really disappointed. Me I really too. like him. I think he's, I think he's still... Definitely, definitely, definitely going to hit double figure goals this season easily. He'll get maybe 15, 16, hopefully. So, Tosin, I think uh, right now form to, uh, means that he's not our first choice striker, but I think that will change soon enough. I think Silver likes Richarlison on the left predominantly. I think as soon as he gets the opportunity to put him on the left, I don't know, maybe, or maybe, I don't know, maybe, let's say Richarlison fingers crossed hopefully not, pulls up with an injury one week or Bernard pulls up with an injury or just for some reason that uh, that left side needs to shut some back there because Bernard's not fit or something like that or maybe we might go four four two. you don't know, could be worth a try in certain games, play with Charleston and Tosin up next to one another I'd like to see that at some point so I, I definitely think Tosin's going to be back in the starting eleven before too long and I think all this, these stories about oh, oh he doesn't fit Marcus Silver's style he's not quite good enough I, I, I'm not buying that yet I think Tosin or Tucson I keep getting his name wrong and it bothers Arteri drives him crazy that I call him uh, Tucson sometimes and not Tosin 
<laughs> yeah, Tolson. I think Tolson will be back in the team before long and he'll be scoring goals before long. And I still think he is a striker who would do well in most Premier League teams and most Premier League teams would love to have him. So, no, I really don't want to see him go anywhere. I want to see him back on the field for Everton, putting the ball in the net and hopefully we see that before too much longer. Uh, so, when Tolson's up top, uh, a drawback is probably Bernard is not starting. Uh, and having Bernard's creative abilities on the field, that's pretty huge. Um, additionally, Bernard, I feel like, has proven himself to be more of a crosser of the ball when he plays on the wing uh, compared to Richarlison, who likes to be more direct and actually get cut in and go to goal. Uh, and that's the weird thing, is the fact that if Tosin's on, the crosses coming from Bernard would actually benefit him because he's good in the air when it comes to finishing in the air. That's one of his benefits. So there's one touch finishes that he can like, he's, he's good with his, <clears throat> he's good with his head, frankly. Um, he's a solid aerial threat and his holdup play is strong. It's, it's pretty darn solid holdup play. Um, what you, what you lose. So what you lose there is possibly no Bernard and you lose speed because Tosin's not a fast guy. Mm. Um, with Richarlison, you get that speed, but you don't have as much hold-up play, and you have less of an aerial threat. It's really interesting. I, I feel almost like when Tosin's up top and Richarlison's on the side and Walcott, they're kind of running and cutting in more, <laughs> which makes room for our fullbacks to kind of get around the outside a little more often. You know, It just changes the entire style of how we attack. And I think that's fantastic to be able to have and just switch your entire style and your enti- all your focal points based on just throwing one different dude on the field. That's great. Uh, the question for me, for to you guys is, Paul, you were mentioning Tosin works better against a certain type of defender. Are you guys of the opinion that you should play like for like when you see big, uh, big, strong, maybe slower defenders and you throw Tosin on there? Or would you throw Richarlison on because he'll be way quicker than they would be? And you throw Tosin on when there's quicker, more athletic center back so he can hold them off a little bit better and maybe outmuscle them in the air more. You know what I mean? What's, the, what's your philosophy on that? Because I think I could make arguments for both, you know? Max, you want to start with that? Um, well, one of the more, the, the mo- I think, an interesting approach on it to take is is it whether are we going to be the possession-based forward-thinking side? Are we going to dominate the game, or are we going to be reactive? And mm-hmm. are we going to be the one that has to hit them on the counter-attack? And to that extent, because he's, I think if we're going to be the dominant side, bringing Tosin in would be useful. Because something that we mentioned in the Leicester game was how how often Bernard was finding himself in position, like you said, Jerry, to cross the ball in or cut the ball back, with Tosin acting as that target man, that man in the middle. With that, he's such a positionally intelligent player. That's just something that you want to see. Someone who's really good at pulling the ball back into into deadly areas, areas into the box, and someone who's that poacher to put the ball away. Kind of has tones of Nikita Jelovic to it for me, which is a combination that I want to see tried out. But as as I said earlier, you you can't knock, you you can't kind of cut out this momentum that we currently have rolling with Richarlison through the middle. I think that's promoted not mm-hmm. just confidence in, for us in terms of attacking, playing, going forward, but the squad as a whole and the team and the club 
seems to be feeding off this positivity that's coming from Richarlison. You know, obviously the club's very active and promoting whenever he's on international duty with Brazil. And the first to comment on just how good Bernard is and that, that, that Samba style. Um, but it, 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 like you said, it does entirely... Again, it, it's based on what approach that you're going to take to a game. Um, coming up against what centre-half you're going to come up against that... If you want to battle, you put Tosin in there. If you want someone to kind of tussle and make his presence known up against a, a centre-half, kind of dig his elbows in and have a 1v1, I think you want Tosin in there because that's what he's, that's what he's schooled in and, and, and that's what he knows. If you want someone to to, to get a centre-half sent off, as we've seen with Wes Morgan, because pretty much all of his fouls were on Richardson, it, it, it's, it's exciting talk. We can experiment, experiment now with what attacking... Outlook we want to take, which, as I say, I can just see all these things heading in the right direction. Yeah, mostly what Max said. I think it depends really on are we away or are we at home, uh, mm-hmm. what approach we take, really. If we're going to be under the cosh and we're going to have to just take our chances when we get them at, um, and we're going to be carrying the ball off fields a lot rather than just passing our way through with a lot of possession, Man City away, Man United away. Games like that, I think Richarlison's your best bet, but let's say we're playing Cardiff or Brighton at home, a team that you just know isn't going to have a lot of ambition, they're not going to look to cross the halfway line, they're just going to dig in and scrap for free kicks and set pieces. I think Tosin's probably your best bet, because you're going to need someone in games like that, when we inevitably get a chance in the area, you're going to need someone like Tosin who's got the, what's the word, the the nerve, the calmness to kind of take his moment when he gets it type thing. Uh, if a ball falls to him and he's got half a yard of space in the box, I'd, really, I'd want him to be the guy who's taking the shot rather than someone like Richarlison because I just think to- um, Tosin's such a natural finisher. So, yeah, it's going to depend, basically, not so much on when the opposition centre-half, but rather, where is the game? Is it at Goodison Park, where we're going to have all our fans on top of them and they are going to have to really, really dig in? Or are we going to be going away from home and we're going to have to rely on pace? We're going to have to rely on winning a lot of free kicks high up the pitch. We're going to have to rely on maybe going past someone and tricking them into getting themselves booked or red card like Morgan did. So, yeah, it's it's more just where, where, kind of where the game takes place and who it's against. Tosin will have his uses. Yeah. yeah. Tosin will have his uses against, I don't want to say the more limited teams because I don't want to make it sound like he can only score against poor defenders but he's going to be more, far more useful when you just when you know we're going to get a lot of time on the ball we're going to get lots of balls in the box and we're going to have more than likely a lot of opportunities to have strikes on goal if we're just going to have a look to rely on an individual piece of moments of magic or a bit of skill or just a, a lucky bounce and hit them on the break then with Charleston is probably your best bet so yeah it depends on where the game takes place really yeah, I'm I'm uh, conflicted about that too. See, I, I, it's fascinating studying the game like this because if we're playing, let's pretend like we're playing City at the mm-hmm. at Ehad, okay, right in Max's neighborhood. All right, we're on our heels because they're attacking, 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 and then we we throw the ball up there. One of the things that would help is to have somebody who could hold the ball up to get more attackers up there. So somebody like Tosin would actually benefit us in one of those games where we're back on our heels. Um, again, these are things I don't know the answers to. You know what I mean? Like, I think everything you said is right. But I can also make an argument for Tosin against these stronger teams. I think 
uh, I, I like the fact we have these, these, these numerous like, ways of attacking teams now. You know, and it really does change it, change the style. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm psyched. The more we talk about how Tosin can help the team, the more I like the flexibility. Yeah, it, it's not it's not a black and white. You know, this is a bad mm. scenario. This is a good scenario. Right. I think it's got positives. It, it it's not it's not about Tosin becoming settled second fiddle. It's it adds to the versatility stylistically, and it, it's what every good team should have. Mm. Yeah. We have a plan A, a plan B, a plan C, probably even a plan D now, whereas for years it was just kind of, here's plan A, it's not much of a plan, but just do what you can with it, and if it doesn't work, then pray. Yeah. That's yeah. all it was for years, wasn't it? So it's great to have the, it's great to have the variety now. Yeah. And then uh, building on the fact, you know, when we were talking about Sigurdsson the other day, people on Twitter saying that Tosin playing is actually good for Sigurdsson scoring. Yeah, yeah, saw okay. that, yeah. Yeah, which is which is also an interesting point. Uh, last question. Let's make this quick. If Tosin is making goals for other players, are you okay with us having spent so much money on a striker that may not get to ten goals this season? If we're winning, and if we're score, if other players are scoring. Olivier Giroud scored no goals at the World Cup. Yet France still won it. And I'm sure everyone in France loves Olivier Giroud. You know what I mean? I don't care as long as, he, as he's contributing. That, that, that's yeah. my philosophy. Yep. I don't care who's scoring the goals, and I don't care how, how they go in, as long as they do go in. See, I'm down with that too. As long as you can see a contribution somehow. Mm-hmm. I don't care if he's banging in 20. Now, if he does, that's awesome too. But mm. you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. Now, I figure that's what you guys would say. Usually, we're fine if Everton are winning. You know, it's either surf or yeah. ski. We're, if we get there, that's good news. You know, yeah. we, we want points these days. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it also sort of helps that we have a manager who wants to be on the front foot. So, okay. So, Jink Tosin, Tosin Pasha, we love you. Congratulations on a baby. Uh, yeah, I hope you get to sleep better than I did. Just saying. Uh, I guess that's it for our Jink Dosen, uh, segment. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to If You Know Your History. That's right. It's a cage match, quiz-style, Everton-based questions between Paul and and Max. The reward? Well, the reward means they get to pick a tune to close the show, which we will critique and discuss, which allows us to be able to use it on the program. Hey! So, uh, if, if, this is, if this is your first time tuning in to If You Know Your History, um, where have you been and what's wrong? It's about time you got here, all right? Uh, the way that works is it's sort of like a penalty shootout. Uh, and I'll be doing my best not to mess this up uh, because it happens sometimes. Whatever. So I will flip my quote-unquote coin because I don't actually have coins in my pockets. I've got a memory card because I'm a nerd. And we're going to use that. Uh, we'll we'll see exactly how that plays out. Whoever wins the toss, go first or second. And then it's like a PK shootout. 
We'll pretend if Paul wins the toss, he chooses to go first. I ask a question. He answers first, then Max does. If Paul gets it right, he's scored the penalty. Max gets it right, he's defended the penalty. Then we switch, and we go. We see who's the first one to two. Okay? Okay. We'll see what happens. And, and I do have a tiebreaker question. That's just as fantastically difficult. Our, uh, our Toffee Blues consultant, John, has developed these questions. They're hard as hell. <laughs> okay. That's an understatement. They're always, I mean, even the easy ones I Maybe would I'll screw f- up. This is why I'm not answering the questions. Maybe I'll fluke them. Hopefully. Paul, Paul, if you're a fan of the underdog, you pull hard for Paul because Max is just, Max has been picking all the music and these days he's just, he's picking like his phone rings and stuff because it's just, he wants to pick new tunes. It's ridiculous. That's, that's, he's is, been fortunate. Is Terry the only guy to beat Max so far and even that was kind of just well here's the thing that was a tie yeah Terry sort of tie yeah and so yeah because Max uh, David was saying he's kind of thinking Max is sort of like a rain man type situation with this yeah Max is rain man except way more socially adept so (laughs) so yeah we're uh let's make this happen who wants to call let's let Paul call it because Max you always win the coin toss Ready, Paul? Oh, this is heads and this is tails. Ready? One, two, three. Tails. Did you call it heads or tails? Tails. He said tail. <gasps> he called tails, Max. Don't tell me he's got it. It's tails. That yes. That memory card needs replacing, man. Paul, do you want to go first or second? First, please. First, cue the music. There it is. Question one. Shot one. Jermaine Beckford left Everton after one season to go to then-championship side Leicester in 2011. But how much did Everton get for him overall? It's about $4 million. I know we signed him for a free. Okay. Okay. Uh, Paul has guessed $4 million. Max. Um... Oh, Jermaine Beckford. I wish he would have turned out so much better than he actually did. I'm going to go for $6 million. Paul has scored $4 million. Okay. He got it on the nose. Well yes. Paul, yeah. you slotted one into the side netting. Congrats. All right. All right. It's Max's shot. Max, how many goals did Maruan Fellaini oh. score throughout his five-year stay at Everton? Oh. That's a tough one because he kind of he blossomed in that last season under Moyes, didn't he? Um, I'm gonna go for so five years. I'm gonna go for sixty goals. Max has guessed sixty goals for Marouane Fellaini. I don't think it, I don't think it was that many. It was uh, was it about thirty? I'm a bit all over the place. Probably as well, but. Paul has saved it. It was 33 goals. Yeah, he got, um, Max, he got like one. Max, you got an over-respect. Yeah, I mean, you, you respect Fellaini too much, I think. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, everybody knows that hair adds 30 goals, Max. <laughs> we all know that. Um, so, Paul, your shot, leading 1-0. Over both spells as caretaker manager, how many games has Unsworth managed as Everton first team manager? Ooh. 
Ähm. Nein. Think one first Max. time, eight the second. Eight. This is. Uh, yeah. On the nose. Paul puts it in the corner again. It was nine. Yeah. Yeah, Good. his overall record, three, one, and five. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Well, it was, it was two, two the first time round with Joe Royal, wasn't it? Norwich and Southampton. And then the other... No, it was, only, it was only the one, I think, wasn't it? It was only the one against Norwich last day. Did not get Southampton? No, I think um, we lost at Sunderland 3-0. Martinez went, and that was his last game. And then the last game, it was the second to last game of the season. Yeah, because I'm thinking Davies, the Davies debut. That because I know that was yeah, it was Norwich. It was yeah. Norwich. Yeah, that was a, that was actually a fun game. Yeah, you know, it was like a breath of fresh air. Yeah, just after he'd gone, yeah, it's like the cloud, yeah. the cloud had lifted. So I think everyone just yeah. was waiting for him to leave, and he finally left. And mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, I don't mean to tip the hand here, but. It's 2-0 Paul, and there's no catching up for you, Max. So, I'm just going ahead and... Spoiler alert for the audience. It's over. (laughs) Uh, We do have two more questions, though. Max, your question would have been, Walcott has the most offsides of any Everton player this season. How many offsides does he have? Jesus Christ. I don't think Theo Walcott himself knows that. 37. (laughs) <laughs> in a row? Did you just go clerks referencing? Um, uh, no, it's you. Hold on, just this season. This season. Offsides this season. Ten. And, and and Max, you said thirty-seven I, offsides. I'm all over the place, Jerry. I've got people ringing me. <laughs> my phone blowing up. All right. Okay. It is. It is six. He has six offsides this season. The second place is Sigurdsson and Richarlison with two apiece. Okay. Lastly, the tiebreaker question would have been: Bernard has how many caps for Brazil? One. No, he played the entire. Oh, no, his, oh his last one was that the, the seven one well, against about, yeah. about twenty. Yeah, he got a few. Yeah, it's not. He hasn't appeared since. That's no. got one from. He hasn't got one appearance since. So, are you saying twenty, Paul? Yeah, around about twenty. Yeah. What do you got, Max? <sighs> I don't know. Um, Fifteen. It's 14. Yeah. yeah. Max Max had a nice breath and focused. Yeah. Got that one. All right. All right. So the match is over. Paul has had a very good round today. About time. Paul knows his history today. It's wonderful. Paul, as your reward, you're gifted with the golden statue of track choice. What is your track choice to end the to end the show? Um, I'm thinking a bit of KC and the Sunshine Band. Um, KC and the Sunshine Band. Yeah. What is what was it? Was it uh? Oh, it's Goldmember where he says that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um. <laughs> what? So where, which one? Oh. Let's put Buggy Shoes. Buggy. Boogie shoes. Boogie shoes. I wanna put on my 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 boogie shoes. Bing. Yeah. Gotcha. 
Yeah. Okay. You know, this is. I was not expecting that from you, Paul. Is that what you did? Why you did it? No, Unexpected. No, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a big fan. They're my guilty pleasure. I, That's fantastic. Obviously, I get most of my my most of my musical taste comes from my two older brothers. Terry likes his rock and roll. He had Kiss. My other brother Sean um, is into his like classics, his 70s and 80s and 60s stuff. Um, when I was about 10 he put on Casey and the Sunshine Band and he was like 14 and I was 10 and we just randomly got up and started dancing the pair of us and it was a great day I never spent nice. I've just been a big fan of Casey and the Sunshine Band since then they're on my my Spotify list and I like almost all their songs when Yelovich was banging form and was scoring goals that was my favourite chant the fact that it was the song to give it up na 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 I've never been so devastated to lose a player and not be able to sing a song anymore. Losing that and losing Follow Follow Mikel Arteta, those were my two favourite chants. So hopefully we get a player who gets his own chant and it's another Casey song, but yeah, I think I'll go for um, Boogie Shoes this time. Bit of change it up. We've had some rap, we've had some rock and roll, we've had some soul. Let's have a bit of, you know, fruity 70s pop. Paul, you're layered like an onion. That's again. I never would expect that. That's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, so as we listen to uh, the lovely, the lovely music of KC and and, and the Sunshine Band, um, we're we we need to end. This is the end of the big share. Uh, if you've been listening via podcast, well, you're just nice. Uh, please subscribe to us. Why don't you? Uh, leave us a kind. A kind rating, a kind review, you know, just something. We'd appreciate it. Make us feel good at night. Uh, also, please subscribe to the Top Blues YouTube channel. Um, we're slowly crawling upward in popularity in, in that particular forum. So check us there. Uh, also, uh, you can find more Paul on the Liverpool Echo Fan Jury, but also on the Top Blues website. Uh, check his Twitter uh, account to see where that is. Also check Max's because you can see what he's what he's on various podcasts, radio shows, uh, late night, uh, softcore films. Max is Max is pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Uh, ch- yeah. <laughs> check his uh, Twitter Twitter profile for that stuff. Uh, also, the, he's on the Toffee Blues website as well. Um, just check out the Toffee Blues website. Lots of analysis from some familiar voices and faces. Uh, they know things. Yeah, you can support them. Check out their words. Uh, ch- follow the the Topic Blues on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I have no more plugging. I am plugged out. I am going to unplug now. Thank you both, gentlemen, very much. Paul, great to see you again, my friend. Great to speak to you, Jerry, my friend. Max, thanks so much, man. I'll see you next time as usual. Well, as always. All right, for these gents and for me, Jerry, the old one. C-O-Y-B. Much love. We'll talk to you later. Bye.